Listen, please, as I read this to you. Well, I won't read it to you. Yeah, I will. Genesis, again, you don't have to turn there. It's not my text. Uh, But in Genesis, chapter 3, the Bible reads like this. No. Chapter 4. The Bible says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. She again bare his brother Abel. Abel was the keeper of the sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Now listen to this. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, the Bible says. And why? No, let me, let me back up here. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance failed. I do want to make it clear that um, some may think, well, how rude of God to, I mean, Cain worked hard in the field and he brought all the fruit that he had from that and, and he presented it to the Lord. And God says, that's not good. But Abel, and what he brought, God says, I like that. But the way that Cain responded was he was angry. And his countenance, it what? It fell. And this is what God said. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is that countenance fallen? By the way, it's not that God did not know. So please remember that. He says, If thou doest well, shalt shalt thou not be accepted. In other words, well-pleasing. In other words, Cain knew what was well. Cain knew what was acceptable, but he didn't do it. The Bible says, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, We know the end of that account, do we not? 
that the anger that Cain had, even though he was confronted by God, counseled by God, Cain, this is all you got to do. Cain, you knew what was right. You knew what you should have done, but you didn't do it. Why are you angry? Why is your countenance falling? This is what you ought to do. But we all know, based upon that, the response that Cain had was he did not do anything that God wanted him to do. The anger got so bad that he murdered his brother. Now, if you would, take your Bible and turn to Hebrews chapter 12. We've spent some time in Hebrews today. Hebrews in chapter number 12. We looked at, well, some of you anyway, we looked at running the race this morning a little bit in our Sunday school class. And uh, this morning we, of course, went to First Peter and looked at the church and, and uh, the blessings of God, the sufferings. Tonight we're going to look at discipline. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, Look with me in verse number 5. And ye have forgotten, are we in the same place? And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. Kind of keep that in mind when you think of Cain. Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of Him. In other words, of the Lord. For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. Let us bow our heads. Father, I pray You'll bless Your Word tonight and help us to get a handle on this this subject matter that is, uh, for all of us, we ought to know what it, what it, what it is. This chastening, this. And Lord, if we don't know, there is a concern. So may your will be done tonight, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. I know it is probably somewhat of a, of a odd subject matter concerning God's discipline in one's life. Or as, the, as the, the Bible puts it here, chastening. But I will say say to you very comfortably and very boldly tonight that any child of God will have chastening of God in their lives. And if you don't, that does not mean you're a wonderful Christian. I promise you that. No, no. It really is a very serious matter. It is something that you probably don't want to hear, but I'm going to tell you anyway. If there is no chasing in your life, then the Bible doesn't point out or, or, or specify, oh, how wonderful you are. Oh, no. What the Bible does point out, you don't even belong to God. That's how serious this is. Because 
Uh, and, and for those of you that are maybe kind of wondering, where does he get that? Look at verse 7. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with what? Sons. In other words, you are a child of God, like a father would a son. If ye, if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons, for what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? And we all understand that, don't we? You don't chasten someone else's kid, do you? Doesn't belong to you. Even though you may want to, you feel like it. Come here, boy. I'll, I'll, I'll show you what you should do, you know. But we can't do that. <laughs> but the, and so the Bible says it like this in verse 8. But if ye be without, what? Chastisement. Whereof all are partakers. In other words, in other words, all referring to children of God, whereof all are partakers. The Bible goes on and says this. Then are ye bastards and not sons. So, well, this has nothing to do with my message tonight. I just want to make it clear to you that, that and I, I think most of us know this, but um, just understand but for those of us that are children of God, this ideal of God chasing us is a real thing. But it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Because that just shows you we're not perfect. We need God. And God knows what He's doing. And so He is going to correct us. What for? Because God doesn't have anything else to do. And He just wants to spank His children. Is that it? No way. No, it is because God has a plan and a purpose. And He's working in our lives. Now tonight, we're just going to look at, uh, I, I believe it's four things, concerning discipline in our lives. You might say, well, preacher, why? That's such a negative subject. Well, not really. It really isn't. But the problem is, how you and I respond to discipline is very critical. Can I tell you, more people have left churches. To, listen, do you hear what I'm saying? More people have left churches not because of right reasons, but because they are angry and mad and upset because they were told what to do. They were told, hey, you're wrong and you need to get it right. Or they were confronted about sin in their life and they, and they got so offended and they, they didn't respond well. So they left. Marriages today struggle and are broken up. Why? Because nobody is wrong. Nobody's wrong. For whom the Lord loveth, he <laughs> chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So, four things about discipline I want to give you right quickly, and then we'll go. First of all, the attitude. Your attitude and discipline. Remember Cain? Not a good attitude, huh? He did not respond well at all. I tell you, our attitude concerning discipline, you know, it's almost as if, how dare 
How dare you, how dare you discipline me? How, how, how you know, dare you that you tell me that I'm wrong? But by the way, God is God. He can do anything He wants to, right? But the truth of the matter, because we are children of God, our attitude in discipline is so vitally important. And sometimes we forget, and we need to remember that, that wait a minute, God loves you. And there's no need for that attitude. Because believe it or not, God has your best interest at heart. He loves you without a doubt. He is not our enemy. I've said this before. There's a period of time in my life where uh, Susan would, would, honey, that's not right, or whatever the case may be. And I took offense at it. Almost thought there for a while that she was my enemy. She wasn't. She wasn't at all. Problem, of course, wasn't her. It was me and my, my, my attitude about it. And sometimes we as Christians, we, we sometimes have a bad attitude uh, concerning God's discipline in our life. Well, you ought to be thankful God disciplines you. That tells you that He loves you and that you are a child of God. Boy, I tell you, not that, it, that He's your enemy. I tell you, if anything, He is the best thing that ever happened to us. No, I tell you, God knows what He's doing. And I tell you, if God is working in your life and He's having to discipline your life and correct you in things, you ought to be thankful because there's hope there, without a doubt. Our attitude in discipline. How's yours tonight? Just as long as you don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. Just as long as you don't, you, don't, you don't point out my sin. Oh, I tell you. May our attitude be right. Secondly, the endurance in discipline. The endurance. Look at verse 7 of, of, of uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 7, please. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Verse number 8, But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Simply putting this, God has every right to discipline us because we are His children. I mean, I, mean, I, I you know, I, I, I lived in the neighborhood growing up in Texas and and uh, every now and then I would be with uh, a bunch of guys and some parent would come out and say, hey, get over here. We'd all look up. But once we noticed who it was, well, my mom, I'm not going over there. But if it was my dad or my mother coming out of the house saying, hey, boy, get over here. Guess what? I'm the one coming over because that's my dad. That's my mom. I tell you, no matter what they did, I had to take it because they were my debt. They had every right to spank me. They had every right to, to, to correct me, whatever the case may be. And as children of God, I tell you, He is our Heavenly Father, and He has every right, because He is our Heavenly Father, to correct us. May we not stiffen our neck. May we not uh, have, a, have a hard heart concerning God's discipline in our life. We ought to be able 
to receive correction in our lives and to receive instructions and to be able to respond the way it is. I tell you, don't you give up. Don't you quit. He is your Heavenly Father. The endurance and discipline. Verse number 9, look at this. The Bible says it like this. Furthermore, we have, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. And we gave them, what's the word? Reverence. And by the way, that's the way it ought to be, right? Our earthly fathers, our earthly parents, uh, when they would correct us, you know, we would do what's right or we would at least listen to what they're saying and, and saying... Of course, I was raised up to say, yes, ma'am, and no, sir, and things like that. I know that isn't that popular today, but that's the way I was raised. Now, you know the reason why we were raised that way, don't you? To show respect. That's my dad. That's my mom. And so, and or to anyone else, we would say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And of course, for some, for some reason, people start saying, I'm not a ma'am, or I'm not a sir, or I, you know, I don't necessarily, I never got that. Never figured out why people would say that. Here I am trying to show these guys respect, or these women respect, and they're saying, oh, no, don't want that. I don't understand why they would do it. In either case... That's the way we were raised. And so when mom or dad or would, would, would discipline us, without a doubt, we would give them reverence because that's the way we were raised. That's, that's my mom. That's my dad. The Bible says this in verse number 9. Furthermore, we've, we've had our fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we, we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Without a doubt, number three, the submission of discipline. In other words, the ideal is this, that the correct response from the children of God ought to be this, that, that we ought to submit. The ideal of being willing to, to, to uh, give up our rights and, and submit to the one that is correcting us. That's, 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 that's the... And how critical that is when it comes to discipline. To be willing to say yes and be obedient to whatever is said. How many have ever made a mistake before? Raise your hand. Just go ahead and raise it up. Just feel free. Every single one of you should have had your hands up. Because we all have. But how critical it is that when, when discipline is, is in our lives, and so when we're confronted, whatever the case may be, we are at a point, we are, we are at a point in our lives where when that, that uh, uh, criticism or when that confrontation happens, you know, and, and so then it says, I want you to do this, or I want you to stop this, or, or whatever, then you have an option. You have a choice to make. That is this. Are you going to submit? Or are you going to rebel? I think we all know that, of course, the right response is to submit. By the way, that's what, that's what the author of Hebrews is telling us. How critical it is to submit 
to your Heavenly Father as His children as He corrects us. I mean, we would give reverence to our earthly fathers. Would it not uh, be just as important, if not more so, to, to, to be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? In other words, do what is right. That would be the best thing. And how critical it is that as you and I grow in the Lord, as you and I walk in the... I promise you, if, if, if God is your Heavenly Father, He will, he will convict you. He will, he will uh, uh, spank you, if you please. He will do that. He will chasten you. Why? Because He loves you. But the critical part is this. How are you going to respond to it? Submission is the word. I know we don't like to hear it today, but submission. Submission to Him. Giving up your rights or what you think you have rights and say, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. Right now. What the Lord brings to your heart, your mind. The submission in discipline. Oh, how critical it is. Have you ever been in a position where you've had to correct someone? Boss, maybe? So your boss has got to, he's got to come and talk to you. Hey, I need to talk with you, Alan. Okay, oh dear, I wonder what's that about. Well, you know, Alan, I've heard some complaining. And you know what? Uh, da, 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 and, you know. You know how important it is to respond correctly when it comes to when your boss corrects you? For those of you that are married, has your spouse ever corrected you? <laughs> Pete, that was a little quick there, buddy. <laughs> but we all can say, Amen. How many, by the way, if your spouse loves you, surely they're going to say something, right? Hey, I don't want you to do that. And, hey, that's not right. No, I don't like it there. Uh, I don't think you did it, you know, whatever. But for those of you that are married, is there not correction? Is there not instruction? Is there not, uh, hey, this is not right. Don't you confront? But can I tell you? Just as important that is, and it is important by the way. Oh no, I can't I can't say anything to my spouse. I don't know where you get that. You ought to speak and you ought to speak the truth. Sometimes that comes with pointing out the obvious. But the thing about it is as important as, you know, pointing out problems in your marriage, just as important is the response to it. You're not going to like this. I, I hear this, and it's not good. My wife doesn't tell me anything to do. I'm the man of the house. Oh, well, that's great. You probably won't be married for very long. I'm just telling you. Or the wife says, you know what? I'm my own woman. 
You've got your career. I've got mine. Don't you tell me what to do. Oh, dear. That's really good. Wonderful. I tell you, more, div- more marriages have gone in different directions because of their response. You don't tell me what to do. I tell you, without a doubt, it's in all of our lives for sure, this ideal of submission. Whether you like it or not, it is God that calls the preacher. It is God that uh, calls the pastor. And, uh, yeah, I know the church votes to be in. I understand that. But you do know, as brothers and sisters in Christ, one of the parts or one of the duties of, of one another is to encourage, but also to deal with problems. James, James is one of the good places where you can look at and, and talk about an erring brother and one that converts him. How do you think that happens? It's because he deals with sin. But do you know how important it is that when you can convert or when you deal with an erring brother, uh, how they respond to your correction, how they respond to your discipline, how they respond to, to, to what you're talking to them about, how vital it is in more ways than one. And all I'm saying is that as a child of God, in your own life, how critical it is that you learn this submission of discipline. It is, it is so critical. Let me, let me give you something else. Do you only do what's right because people are watching? Think about it. Last I heard, or last, last I checked, quite often, when the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, typically it's private, is it not? Nobody knows but you and God. Amen for that. Praise the Lord. I don't want anyone to know what the Lord has convicted me about. But He does. And doesn't He, you too? Sure He does. But, since nobody knows, since no one's looking, I don't have to do anything. I'll just do. I'll just sit here. Is that the way you handle it? What if you're in, you're at, you're at your home and 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 nobody's there, no one's watching, no one's looking, and let's say for example, uh, you're watching something you ought not to watch, you're looking at something you ought not to see, you're saying things you ought not to say, and the Spirit of God convicts you. How did he respond there? Well, nobody's here, so who cares, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. You see, even in the quietness, when nobody else is around, and the Spirit of God convicts your heart, how should you respond? In submission. And right there, before nobody, but in the presence of God, you ought to submit. You ought to do whatever He asks you to do. Yeah, but no one's around. And, I, and I, I submit to you, that's not the reason why you ought to get right with God. Just because somebody's around. 
Because the relationship that you have with, with your Heavenly Father is, is, is such that, that when God speaks to your heart, it is because of Him you ought to do what's right. Not because nobody is around or somebody is watching, so I better do something right. No, no. And so, submission to yield your right to Him. Say, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Maybe right there, you'll turn the TV off because God convicted your heart. And you know you shouldn't have watched it. And, and, you, and you ask the Lord to forgive you. And Lord, I'm not going to do that anymore. So you shut it off. Or you change the channel. Boy, please don't raise your hand. How many have done that? Amen. Or, or how about this? You just talked to somebody and you didn't, you didn't handle it very well and you walked away and you're driving in your car and, and the Lord spoke to your heart. And guess what? You stopped the car, you turned around, you went back to that person and said, hey, I need to tell you something. I'm sorry for what I just said. They don't have a clue what just happened. But you do. You know how come? Because the Spirit of God spoke to your heart. And you responded through that, in that discipline by submission. You said, yes, Lord. That is so critical in the life of a Christian to respond that way. Discipline. Submission to discipline. What about you tonight? Well, I've already left church. Well, you know, they've already gone. I, you know, we do have a phone. I'm just telling you, why do you submit to God when He disciplines you? It's because of Him, not because someone's watching. Because they may not be watching. You know, more lives are, are destroyed, not publicly. Do you ever see those lives? Oh, cowboys and, and we as Americans, we love it. Because they put it all on the screen and, and so-and-so uh, uh, was found sleeping with somebody else and now his marriage is all ruined and all that stuff. And uh, we just, oh, we just watch it and click on it and all that stuff. Can I tell you? No, no. His marriage wasn't ruined. The part that you saw. No, it was ruined a long time ago privately. Privately. I wonder why that Christian left church. Boy, he used to be so faithful. Now, now we don't see him at all. Can I tell you? It wasn't, it wasn't publicly that his life was ruined. It was privately. When nobody else was around. When nobody else was looking. Inside their heart. They had wicked thoughts. Ungodly motives. All of that stuff was happening. And can I tell you, do you think God knew what was going on all the while? You better believe He did. And being a child of God, don't you know that the Spirit of God convicted that heart? And, and yet, yet, sadly enough, yeah, but nobody's watching or no one's around. They did nothing. And guess what triumphed? Sin did. I tell you, your response to discipline, that your Heavenly Father who loves you, 
gives you ought to be that of submission. Yes, Lord. Whether anyone's around or not, who in the world cares? But it's your relationship with Him. One more. We're done. The attitude and discipline. The endurance of discipline. Hang in there. Number three, the submission of indiscipline. And then lastly, look at verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 12. For they, referring to our earthly fathers, for they verily uh, for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. In other words, as they saw fit. You know, uh, by the way, our parents are not perfect. They do the best they can. Amen? Come on. Some of you need to help me here. Sure, they, they, they're not perfect, they, but as they assess the situation, they want to do what's best, and, uh, and, and so, you know, they do. And uh, for verily for a few days, uh, for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he, referring to God, referring to the Spirit of God, for he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. <laughs> In other words, the profit of discipline. In other words, it is good for you. It is good that God chastens you. Obviously, for a whole lot of reasons. Let's us know that we are a child of God. Let's us know that He loves us. I mean, that, that alone is good enough. But He says also for our profit, in other words, for our benefit, that we might be partakers of His holiness. In other words, apparently, the design of the discipline that God enacts in our lives is doing a work in our lives so that He will make us like Him. Holiness. By the way, God expects you and I to live holy lives. To, to live a life after Him. To, to, to uh, obviously, we're not perfect, and so, so God disciplines us. He, he chastens us because we don't make always the right decisions. We don't always go the right way. But, but God doesn't say, oh, well, that's just who He is. No, no, He doesn't do that. He chastens it. Oh, no, but I understand. But that is wrong. This is right. Let's do this. And so God has given us His Word, and and we are to submit to His Word, and we are to to exercise His Word in our lives. And, and, And as a result of this discipline, what happens is He changes us. By the way, that comes, though, through submission to His will over our will. And as a result, we are changing. Our attitude is changing. Uh, The way we look at things are changing. The decisions we make are changing. All of that to please Him. And, and, And so He says that that we might be partakers of His holiness. That's it. Now, I love the next verse, so I'm going to read it. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. 
Boy, every single one of you should have said amen right there. Oh, yes. Amen. Because it doesn't seem that way, does it? I mean, haven't you, haven't you ever got a, a whooping before? <laughs> Let me testify. Oh, yes. And then there goes Mackenzie. But anyway. Oh, my goodness. Has your parents ever been mad at you? So mad, I better go to my room. I was just, I was just going to sit in my room. And you had to let mom and dad cool off a bit. Is it, is it safe to come out? You know, that kind. And I tell you, I hated it. Those periods of time where, boy, dad, I did something wrong, and oh, my dad was so mad, or my mom was so mad, and, and oh, it was terrible. No, you can't go anywhere. Don't even ask. You know, and before I could even get it out, what about? Nope. I just, I, I hated it. I know some of you look at me like, you got discipline like that? Yeah, don't you? Didn't you? Anyway. So it wasn't joyous at the time. But I, 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 I'm here to tell you, we didn't have the best of family for sure, but... But I'm here to tell you that my dad truly did discipline me. And though I didn't realize it at the time, you know, it was really doing some good in my life. It really was. And though I didn't, I didn't, I was just, I just wanted to get out of the trouble. But later on I realized and, and, uh, you know, I, I never once doubted that my dad or mom didn't love me. They cared about me. We didn't have we didn't have money at all. But by the way, money doesn't make a family. It just doesn't. I know a lot of people that have got a lot of money, they call themselves a family, but they're sure not happy. We didn't have money. <laughs> and we sure were not perfect. But I just know that as I was growing up, I did not doubt whether or not my parents loved me. Even though my mom looked at me and said to me one day, I don't love you. Of course, she did it under the influence of alcohol. But I knew she loved me. I'm just telling you, the Bible says, and it is correct for sure, and no change for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. In other words, the discipline in your life, it will produce something in your life. It will be a blessing to you. That is righteousness. Doing what is right. I tell you. What do you call it when someone gets spanked and they go out and do it again? <laughs> yeah, a lot of words come to mind. Stubborn, stupid, you know, you're an idiot. Well, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, I know, I know some of you probably are raised, the way I was raised probably would offend you today. But I didn't have any trouble with it at all. And, uh, but I know in my day, when, you know, 
my dad would, you know, he would say, you know, do this, do that. And I would not go against him. Now, he never hit me. He never did anything like that. <laughs> but he was quite willing. You want, to get a, you want to get a whooping again? And I believed him. And his whoopings hurt enough. I didn't want another one. But the thing about it is, I'm not going to do that again. Whatever it was that got, got me a whooping, I'm not doing that again. I don't want to. I tell you, folks, for someone to go and do it again, what's going on there? Rebellious? Stubborn? I'm going to do whatever I want to do. When it comes to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I promise you, God's discipline in our lives is for your profit. In other words, for your benefit. In other words, He's working in your life for your good. That you might be partakers of His holiness. That, that there might be fruit of righteousness in your life. God is good at it. He's a good Heavenly Father. And He knows what He's doing. Tonight, discipline. It's just important. I know we, we live in a society today where it is preached and are not so much preached, but it, it, is, it is told quite often, you know, do your own thing and, and uh, you know, it's all about you. Well, it isn't really all about you. But God thinks you're important enough that He's going to discipline you because you belong to Him and he, he knows what you need in your life. You may think that you do, but oh no. God is good at closing doors. <laughs> And opening others. Ever hit a wall? Ever been flat on your back? God is good at giving hope when there is no hope. But you've got to respond properly to it. You've got to say, yes, Lord. Follow Him. Submit to Him. Change your ways. Do what He wants you to do. Oh, I tell you. And it will be a benefit to you. It will be to your profit, not against you. Let's all stand. As we stand this, this evening, every head bowed, every eye closed, and